My name is Bill McGinnis. This is room 220. Uh, it's 11 or 1030. And this is missions, conventions, conferences, and committees. I had to say that for the recording. So there you go. Um, if you would take out your folder, open it up. And um, I believe it's the left side. Uh, you may want to pull that packet out. And uh, the front, the first page um, is an outline. This is what we're going to be walking through for the next uh, hour. So this will serve uh, as a guide for you. Uh, I didn't want to haul my laptop and so forth. So this is, this is what we will be using. Uh, my passion for missions began uh, as a PK. You know what a PK is, right? A preacher's kid. Um, I'm the oldest of three, and uh, my dad was a bivocational pastor. And uh, we would have missionaries come and share in our services when I was a kid. Remember the slide projector thing on a reel? You know, you'd watch those slides, and the last slide was always the sunset uh, of wherever they were serving. And then on the altar were all kinds of souvenirs, moccasins, and... Uh, no, not moccasins. <laughs> moccasins are slippers, right? Shoes. Yeah, what, what are they? Maras. Yeah, okay, the little shaky things. And there's always snake skins and so forth. But what's unique about being a PK is that the missionaries would come and stay at, at the preacher's home. And so I had to give up my bedroom many, many Saturday nights for a missionary. And uh, I sat around the table uh, when Mom made dinner, you know, the roast beef and mashed potatoes, and hear incredible mission stories. And so a passion for missions began with me a long, long time ago. And as Jim has said, I've had the privilege to be at Calvary Church in Toledo, Mommy, for 32 years. Calvary is a great missions church, and as a youth pastor, uh, the very first thing that I initiated uh, was Bible quiz and Speed the Light. <clears throat> I felt like, how can students go wrong if they're studying God's Word and if they learn a passion uh, for missions? And so missions, again, as a youth pastor, was a big deal for me. And then for the last uh, about 10 years, uh, I've been uh, leading the missions ministry at Calvary and counted uh, a great privilege. Today... Just want to give you some practical tools and some ideas on how you can uh, bring passion to your church uh, regarding missions. Uh, want, today I want to share with you uh, what to do to keep the Great Commission alive. And uh, tell you what, again, Calvary is a great church. It's 64 years old. We're multi-generational. Uh, things are moving and grooving at Calvary. Uh, but it takes a lot to keep the mission passion alive in, in any church. And even at, in a missions-minded church like Calvary, it is, it is, it is hard work uh, engaging the American Christian in the Great Commission. And so I want to help you with that today. Missions is not something we do. It is the identity of our church. Uh, I believe that with all of my heart. Missions is not something we do. It is our identity as a church. That statement, you'll see it here in a minute in your handout. But Ted, you know what? Calvary and Bill McGinnis, we don't have the market on all kinds of ideas and the best ideas. Just want to share some things with you today that we are doing that's working for us. Uh, after a couple uh, topics, I'll stop and uh, ask questions and uh, we'll, we'll uh, walk through this. But uh, if, you would, if you would, uh, the first um, handout, uh, you'll see uh, mission goals. <clears throat> 
and you see that, um, that quote, missions is not something we do, it is our identity as a church. At Calvary, uh, we are challenging our church to be praying, to be giving, and to be going. Very simple, uh, not too profound, not too creative, but we wanted to keep it simple and direct so, so people understand what our goals are uh, regarding uh, missions uh, for our church. Look at praying. Um, it says here, when we pray for others, we do not stand with outstretched hands, hoping to receive something for ourselves. We stand at God's side, working together with him and the task of redeeming others. You ask any missionary, they certainly want your financial support, but every missionary will say, would you please, please pray for us. Please pray. Take those prayer cards. Uh, develop a prayer plan individually and as a church. And I'll tell you here in a minute what our prayer plan is as a church. But uh, uh, have you ever called for a prayer meeting? And how many people come? Yeah. It's a challenge, isn't it? But I think as a church and as a missions-minded church, we need to be up to the challenge of helping our people to, to be praying. There are two ways that we do that at Calvary. You see that down below. We have a missions prayer task force. Uh, we have right now 75 members uh, who are on that task force. And here's what happens. Uh, our missions assistant, Cher Goder, uh, she will receive emails from missionaries throughout the week asking for prayer. And uh, as soon as she gets one of those emails, she has, you know, on the contact list of 75 names in their emails. And she will email, email that right away to the, uh, to the 75 different individuals. And, and they begin to pray uh, for that specific need. Um, and as we've kicked off 2016 as a church, you see our goal. We just kicked off these goals about three weeks ago. Uh, we shared these with our church. It is our goal to have 500 people from Calvary on that task force. It's a high goal. I know it is. Um, it, it's a daunting goal, but uh, we're going to challenge our church. Man, you need to pray. You need to pray uh, for missions, for missionaries. Right now, we have 76 on that on that list. And here's another uh, prayer avenue that we encourage our people to be involved in. It's called Missions Connect. Uh, that is a monthly Wednesday evening missions prayer service. I'll talk more about that in a minute. But uh, my goal... <laughs> is to have 500 people show up on a Wednesday night to pray. Right now we have about 75, which is good, you know. Uh, but, but I'm praying, and we cast this vision, this goal, a few weeks ago. Um, I think some people are scratching their heads saying, you know what, Pastor Bill, it's a good idea, but come on. You know what? I believe with all my heart someday on a Wednesday night, on that first Wednesday night of the month when we have Missions Connect, I, I believe people are going to start coming down the halls, our, our auditoriums at the very end of the hallway, and uh, people are going to be lining up at the door to pray for missions, to pray for missionaries. And so we're casting that vision. I'll talk more about that again in a minute. Another goal that we have, obviously, praying, and, and secondly, is giving. Encouraging our people to give. Giving generously is not an obstacle, but an opportunity. Giving generously is not a burden, but a blessing. Giving generously is not about money, but about faith. And so it is a challenge today to encourage people to give. Here's what's happening at Calvary. 
The faith promise givers, do you know, have you heard that term? Those who make that monthly commitment every month and they just give, they give the missions without even thinking. Those faith promise givers at Calvary, they're dying. <laughs> Literally. I mean, the old timers who give the missions regardless, uh, they're going to heaven, you know. Those pillars of the church, those saints. And so at Calvary, we are trying to raise up new faith promise givers. Guess what? That's a challenge. Because, as you probably know, uh, people like to give, they like to support missions, but they want to give to something they can sink their teeth in, uh, the projects, the humanitarian uh, needs, and all that is good. And we support a lot of those as well. But we're trying to cast a new vision at Calvary to raise up new faith promise givers. Now... Jim, we're going to look at maybe changing that term a bit at Calvary. Uh, I've got some young people that are saying, you know what, Pastor Bill, you need to rebrand that. Okay, okay. So we're working on a new on a new title for that. But we want to raise up students and young adults and young couples and young families and brand new Christians who will give that ten dollars, that twenty dollars, that hundred dollars a month. Again, that's a challenge. It's constant communication. It's constant uh, sharing with the church body. And so, um, for us, you know, in every church, you have a different budget. And I don't want to share a lot of numbers with you, but uh, it is our goal to uh, raise up enough givers that will give what we call we call it general missions right now um, 25000 a month that's our goal right now we're at about almost $18,000 and again that's not designated funds that's just given to the big missions pot and so we're asking God for uh, to birth within people a greater passion to give to missions not just wait when um, we share specific need, but uh, to just give faithfully, uh, weekly, monthly to missions. So does that make sense, the general missions? Uh, it takes a little bit of explanation sometimes for, for some. And then thirdly, uh, another missions goal that we're going after is going, obviously. Um, we, we believe that God wants our church to be a sending church. Um, and uh, we're praying, you see here, that in the next 10 years, that God will raise up a hundred folks from Calvary who will, who will leave Toledo and me and serve uh, as a short-term or, or, or long-term missionary. Again, another, another big goal. But we pray, or we believe that as we pray and as we give, God will begin to call those people. And so uh, that is our goal. And, uh, um, you know, I have a missions committee meeting next Sunday, and I'll talk more about that group of people here in a minute. But at our next meeting, we're going to talk about, okay, how, how are we going to do this? How are we going to raise up 500 prayer warriors? How are we going to raise up another $8,000 a month in missions giving? How are we going to uh, see 100 people? So we haven't put that together yet. That's the next challenge that we have, but uh, that's, that's where we're headed. If you look at the next page, Missions Matrix... This has been a great tool for us to help us organize our thoughts, uh, plan some of our events, um, using uh, Acts 1-8 as a model. The missions matrix serves as a pattern for our emphasis as a church, enabling us to move forward with greater efficiency and effectiveness in our, in our worldwide focus. So for example, look at Acts uh, 1-8. It says this, 
and you know this probably very well, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in four areas, Jerusalem, and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And we believe very strongly that all four of those locations are very, very important. So we've taken those four locations and we've made them personal for us as a church. Again, a great pattern. Uh, this is very effective because as you communicate this to the church, they begin to get it. It makes sense. It's something that can help you move your vision forward. For example, Jerusalem. For us, Jerusalem is the local church. You've got to have a healthy, life-giving church in order to reach the world. And so, obviously, um, um, we are working on ministries and connect groups and serve groups and grow groups. We want to have a healthy, life-giving church. That's Jerusalem. The next location is Judea. For us, Judea is what we call the 419. Uh, 419 is our area code in Northwest Ohio. And so we are committed first. We believe mission starts in our backyard, in the Toledo area. And so um, a big part of our budget, our mission's budget, is supporting the 24 ministries and and missionaries that you see down below. Um, I would encourage you, if this is not a part of your mission's matrix, your mission's plan, uh, to begin to consider how can you love and serve and give to the area where God has called you to live and to serve. Uh, it's, I think it's a very, very important. Um, the next, you see, the next area is Samaria. For us, uh, Samaria are those places where... Um, um, are difficult, are challenging. Uh, Christ followers are instructed to touch those who live differently. And so through strategic global part- partnerships, Calvary's resources and teams are making a difference in people's lives. So since 2008, we have been going uh, throughout the world, world and, and adopting communities, and we'll look at more of those here in a minute. But um, you'll see that since 2008, we've been able to invest in certain projects and areas of the world, Scotland, Albania, and so forth. Uh, And then obviously, the next part of the matrix are the ends of the earth. And um, starts at Calvary, starts at your local church, and then the area in which you live, uh, making sure you're touching the parts of the world um, uh, that are not always loved by others, uh, these global projects, and then to the ends of the earth. And as a church, we're committed to touching all regions of the world. And you see those re- regions down below. In fact, um, as of about four years ago, Northern Asia, we were only supporting one missionary in that region of the world. And God really, and I don't have time to tell the story, but God began to do something uh, with our committee, with myself. Uh, I had the privilege to be a part of a, of a team going to China and going to Tibet. I was invited to go by some of the leadership of the Islamic of God World Missions. And man, what an opportunity. Met some great missionaries, began to find out how to get into, into their world and support them. And so uh, since that trip, uh, Northern Asia has been a big part of our emphasis most recently. And so that is our missions matrix. Um, let me stop there for a minute. Any, any questions about 
those two elements. Um, and again, you know, you need to go back home and determine what's going to work best for you. And I am sure you've got some incredible ideas and some different things that you're doing as well. Um, but again, this is just a few thoughts, a few ideas uh, that are working for us. Any questions? Yes. What's the size of your church? Uh, size of our church, um, seventeen to 1,800. Um, you know, and, and, uh, believe it, like I said earlier, but it's still a real challenge to keep that mission, passion, and vision alive. Uh, new people coming in. Uh, during our membership classes, um, I make sure they get the lowdown on missions. Uh, I help them to understand how we do missions at Calvary. Uh, it takes a lot of uh, dialogue. I spend a lot of time uh, doing one-on-one appointments with new people who want to learn about missions. So, uh, given that passion is, is a big job. Yes? Awesome. But getting people into the, the Judea and Samaria yep. component, yep. that has been yep. very difficult. Okay. And it's curious what strategies you can use. Okay. Because if we have the outreach events or we go to we go to serve in like a, a inner city area, all those things, we might be able to get 10 or 15 people. We have... A, a, an event at our church very good question how to get people involved in Jerusalem or uh, Judea the local part of your community um, you know there was a season of time at Calvary where people would say to me you know what um, I don't want to give to missions because I believe uh, we need to do missions here in Toledo first, you know. And so um, it's taken some time for us to do the same thing. Uh, what I would suggest, um, I mean, to have 10 to 15 people uh, show up for a local outreach, that's a great start. Um, I, would, I would prayerfully um, consider one or two local ministries or missionaries that you feel you could take on monthly. Okay. Okay, but I'm talking like... Okay, so good for you, good for you. So, um, and then what I would do, um, a thought that I have, and I'll, we'll talk about this in a minute, we have what's called a missions experience. Another word is taste of missions. And we have tables set up in the atrium, and you get a little taste of, of Kenya and Scotland. And I, we have a guy, he does haggis every time, wears his kilt, and he just loves it. I mean, you know. Uh, but... To do something like that and then invite some of your local ministries to come in and be at that event. Uh, in fact, uh, the last time we did this, we had probably as many local mi- ministries and missionaries from, from, that, from the tour area than we did even, even internationally. Uh, so little by little, begin to cast that vision and, and uh, get people involved. And uh, um, yeah, yeah. But... Uh, it is a challenge, uh, a little bit at a time. Um, 
look at the next handout, and I am passionate about this, Missions Connect. This is something that we just kicked off October of 2014. Um, and you have a packet uh, in your folder uh, with some information on how we do this. And, and this is, I didn't make this pretty, okay? You'll see some of my pencil notes and so forth, so we didn't retype this up. Um, my assistant worked hard to get it together, but uh, again, those are some of the raw notes. But what it is, our, our typical Wednesday night, you know, we have our, our kids' ministry, our youth ministries, and then we have adult electives. We call them grow groups. And on the first Wednesday of every month, we shut down our adult grow groups, and we say, come to Missions Connect. And uh, uh, the purpose of Missions Connect, you see here, uh, is an evening to focus and to pray. During Missions Connect, the church is challenged to maintain their vision and commitment to the world. And, and casting and conducting a missions prayer meeting is not always fun. It, it's a challenge. And so we've done some creative things to help initiate, to help to allow that to be uh, a highlight of someone's week. So obviously you see an order, a couple order of services, uh, time of worship, um, We'll have some videos that we may share that we get from all kinds of resources. Sometimes we have a missionary guest. Sometimes we don't. Um, probably, uh, and then what, then what we do is we'll have about 30 minutes of the hour and a half. We'll spend about 30 minutes in prayer. And we try to do that creatively to help people on a Wednesday night at 7.30, okay? Um, if you just open up the altars, um, and, and, and I don't minimize that. I mean, there's a time and place for that. People tend to kind of get, I mean, you know, so, and we want them to really engage in prayer. We set up prayer stations around our auditorium. Um, our, our sanctuary is a little, little unique and different. It's a former theater. It's a 500-seat former theater. And so you've got the, the theater seats and the up and down the stairs and that kind of thing. But we'll, we'll set up prayer stations. It's a, like a small, small bistro table. And it'll have some artifacts or a poster. And when you go to that table, there is a specific thing that you are praying for. Um, And then we also uh, pass out uh, like, a, like a prayer sheet. And you see some of those in this packet as well. Um, so um, trying to think. I didn't give a good example. For example, Station 1. Um, when we were praying for Tibet, Station 1 would be the Vitaly family, missionaries that we support. It would be a picture of them, and then you see some of the ways that you can pray for the, the Vitaly family. Um, and uh, all for 30 minutes, people are going from station to station on their own, up and down the stairs. Background music is playing. When we did this, I just got back from Tibet in August. This was October. Uh, I was able to get some... Um, Tibet is known for uh, their, their Buddhist, more of a demonic kind of Buddhism. And uh, I had some, just some creepy Buddhist music <laughs> that I was able to locate. And I warned the folks, okay, I want you to pray and go from station to station. And this is going to bother you, this music. But the reason we're going to play this music during the first five minutes of prayer, I want you to be challenged. Our missionaries deal with this every single day. 
This is what they deal with. So during this time of prayer, I want you to struggle and be challenged uh, as you as you uh, go from uh, station to station. And it was it was it was moving. Um, really, really was. Uh, John, uh, the Vitalis were there that evening. Uh, we did another uh, missions connect where we prayed for. Um, I think it was Laos. Yeah, it was Laos. In fact, we have a team right now. This very second in Laos. Uh, they left on Thursday morning. I'm just so excited. This is so cool. Zach and Danica Mobius, uh, some of our Ohio missionaries. Uh, this is our second team to go to Laos. Another team will be going in July. But this team, listen to this, they're on a hiking team. That's why I'm not there. I'm here. Okay. Uh, they, are, they are trekking through the unreached villages of Laos. <laughs> And uh, 11 people with backpacks, living off their backpack for five days. And so anyway, just, uh, man, that's right. They're in Laos right now. Um, but when we prayed for Laos, in Laos, you cannot worship openly. You cannot pray openly. Uh, whenever Zach meets with his students and his leadership team, there's always somebody looking out the window to make sure they don't get caught. And so when we prayed for Laos on the Missions Connect, I had people, we had, we had duct tape. And I had them put duct tape over their mouth. Because you can't pray out loud. <laughs> so here are all these people walking around the auditorium, you know, with duct tape on their mouth, going from prayer station to prayer station. And I had someone come up to me and say, that was the most incredible experience I've ever had. Oh, wow, cool. All right. So uh, you'll see in your handout here um, some of the things that we've done during that Missions Connect. I would, it's, it's been a great tool for us. But again, it's still a challenge I mean, we've had some nights when we had like 35, 40 people there, you know. Uh, right now, our average is 75, and I just believe a church like Calvary can have 500. So that's what we're, what we're going for. Um, let me give you a resource. I did not include this in your information. I thought of this after I got down here yesterday. Um, it's a book called Operation World. And um, Operation World... And it's by, what are, here we go, Jason, and here, here's his last name, M-A-N-D-R-Y-K, M-A-N-D-R-Y-K. It's a fat paperback, it has every country uh, in the book. And it tells you how to pray for that country, what their prayer needs are, some of the answers to prayer already. It will give you some facts uh, about that country. And that's where I've gotten some of our uh, mission, or our prayer requests to help us pray uh, on those Mission Connect nights. What was the book title again? Operation World. Operation World. Missions Connect. Uh, um, a great, great tool for us. The next page... Uh, you see global projects. Uh, we adopt a project uh, once or twice or uh, every year. Sometimes it takes two years to, to um, stay connected with a project. But uh, you'll see what we've done the last several years. And this has all been about praying, going, and giving. Um, Probably the, the most profound, uh, they're all good. There's not one better than the other. But for example, Albania. 
um, with Convoy of Hope Europe, we have a good connection with the missionary Michael McNamee. And um, in 2008, our lead pastor, Chad Gilligan, and I, we flew to Albania. And I remember I was in Detroit, and I said to Pastor Chad, I said, why are we going to Albania? <laughs> I, I don't think I knew where it was. I mean, you know, Albania. And so we went to Albania. We were looking for a project that Calvary could adopt. After a couple of days, um, we had a divine appointment uh, in a small community in Fushkuya, Albania, called Grumbalimi, um, um, gypsy, Roma gyp- gypsies that just needed the love of Christ. And so for five years, uh, we adopted this community. We sent uh, four teams. We sent a load of cash. Uh, we did a lot of praying. We sponsored students to go to, uh, to, go to school uh, for three years. It was one of the most life-changing experiences our church has ever been a part of. Um, and and um, I would encourage you, if, 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 if you're in a, maybe a smaller church or a church where it's difficult to send teams, Get connected with a church um, that has that, that does send teams and see if you can partner with them. Man, if you're around the Toledo area or Maumee area, touch base with me. Um, you know, we are taking trips two or three times a year, uh, but it's a, it can change your church. It will change your church. And um, I'm convinced... You know, we're able to, we were able to bless Albania. We've been able to bless South Africa. Um, but uh, what happens is that when team members come back from your church, they pray differently, <laughs> they give differently, and they will support those who are going. And that's why we send teams as well. And, um, you know, a lot of the funds that are raised for these projects you see down below, it's not easy. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a prayer thing all the way around, but uh, um, it really helps. Um, Pastor Chad and I, we, we typically will go on a pre-trip ahead of time because when the big guy comes home, the pastor, and begins to share about a trip and cast a vision, people want to get behind it and so forth. So talk with your pastor, see what you can do to maybe adopt a, a, a project, adopt a community, adopt a country. We raise these funds all kinds of ways, church offerings, personal commitments. Uh, we have a, a Christmas fundraiser that I'll talk about in a minute, but um, um, it's a great, great opportunity for, for your church. Um, I have the unique privilege in about, a, in about six weeks to go to Cuba. Cuba. Um, going with missionary, missionaries uh, Don and Jackie Cartledge. And um, they, Don and Jackie were in uh, Chile for a good chunk of their ministry. Uh, we're leading the language school in Costa Rica, but as they, as they come to the end of their missionary ministry, uh, AGWM has asked them to go into Cuba. Uh, the church in Cuba is hungry, is, 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 is wanting to, uh, they, they feel called to send missionaries out from Cuba. Cuba! Isn't that cool? <laughs> and so our pastor and I, we get the privilege to go into Cuba and go to one of the districts of Cuba and, and share with them how we do missions. And so, just another great opportunity. Um, okay, let me look talk about one more thing and then I'll ask questions. The missions committee um, at Calvary, we have a team of people we call the missions committee that, that I am accountable to, um, that I work with, and um, 
you see the purpose of the committee, and you can see some of those uh, uh, points there. Um, the big one, oh, they're all important, but the last one says to, to assist and execute the mission events throughout the year. Tell you what, you need a team of people to help make missions happen. Um, and even Missions Connect, that prayer service once a month, that missions committee is key. Uh, to helping us uh, pull that off. But uh, the requirements, you see that number there, 28 to 74. Uh, we have 10, 11 folks on our committee, and they range from the ages of 28 to 74. And I think that's a good move. I didn't do that, well, I kind of did that on purpose. Um, but to have some, some uh, younger folks all the way up to um, some older folks, Great team building, great team partnership, a great way to work together. And I tell you what, at our last meeting, we did a, we did a day retreat in January. That's where some of the younger members of the committee, Brianne Smithia, <laughs> said to me, you know what, Pastor Bill, I think it's time to rebrand some of this stuff. And you know, at first I was a little offended. I mean, you know, but she's so right. She's so right. A faith promise doesn't mean a whole lot to a 28-year-old. So we've got to look at different ways to communicate how, mission, how missions works. And, um, and then we have another couple on the missions committee. They're in their late 20s. They had all these fresh ideas on how to do a missions convention. I'm like, thank you, thank you, because it's easy for me. My assistant, she's been, doing, she's been a missions assistant for 11, 12 years. She's 60, and I'm... I'm whatever I am, 54, you know, and so we need their uh, fresh ideas, and so they've been a real blessing to us. But uh, um, you see some of the requirements. Um, we try to keep this somewhat official. You see the appointment and length of terms. Uh, they serve. They're not, they're not a board. Um, um, they help us make mission decisions. However, all of our missions decisions financially have to be approved by our official board at the monthly board meeting. We submit uh, those requests to them. But um, they can serve uh, up to three years, and then they can be re-upped for another year. They're not elected. Um, I get the privilege to um, appoint them and... Uh, the next page, you see how we do some things at Calvary. Again, these are just some ideas um, that, that we do. Um, we have a contingency fund you see there back during the crash of 07, 08. Uh, we saw emissions giving go down. Um, and uh, we were in the hole of $34,000. Uh, and we were like, oh dear, what are we? Now, thankfully, our general fund of the church kept paying the mission bills for us, but we had to dig ourselves out of the hole. And so we, we, had, to, we had to prayerfully think through some things a bit differently. Um, that's kind of why you see up above the support strategy. That support strategy came from that. Um, back in the day, we, we, had, we, had, we had a good chunk of cash every month coming in, and we could bless the world in a big, in a big wonderful way, but we've had to trim back a bit. And, um, but we kept, um, we developed a fund so that in case we go in the hole again, we've got at least one month's worth of mission money set aside in case um, that happens again, and um, hopefully it won't. But, um, okay, questions? We're going to talk about some events here in a minute that are very, very helpful in helping people to pray, give, and go. I 
They were not there. Okay, that, that may have been reworded or worded incorrectly. We have we have a good good question though. We have a ministry in Toledo called Water for Ishmael, and they minister uh, to refugees and the Muslims uh, to, to to the international world in Toledo, and so we invited them in. But a part of that night, we prayed specifically for the Muslims in our area. Um, um, we have we have a gentleman in our church. His name is Muhammad, um, who was converted about 20 years ago. Um, he's originally from Syria, and he's got quite a story. And so he shared his story. Uh, he's done a couple of Islam seminars for us. Um, but uh, yeah, that was um, that's what that's all about. Thanks for asking. Any other questions? Okay. Um, you see the next uh, the next page mission missions minutes, and that this is how we um, and a lot of churches do this. Uh, we invite a missionary at least one Sunday a month to be with us, um, and um, we give them a five to seven minute window. And this tells you uh, how that works for us. Um, we have three services on a Sunday morning with a fifteen minute. Uh, in between window, <laughs> in between each service. And then during the 10 o'clock service, we have two services going on at one time, plus we have our grow groups. So we get them in four different services. Um, we get them in at least one uh, Sunday school class, and then we get them out into the foyer uh, at their table to meet and greet our folks. So when the missionary leaves Calvary, uh, about 1 o'clock on a Sunday from 8 to 1, they're ready for a nap. Uh, so we put them to work. They're, they're fantastic. They, they, they do a great job for us, and that's important for us. Uh, as well as our mission minutes, very often we'll have a, mission, a missionary for our Wednesday Night Missions Connect. Uh, we, um, depending on our prayer focus, um, depending on which missionary calls me, <laughs> or, or meets with me will determine our missions theme for our missions connect um, see uh, April I, we're going to be praying for um, uh, the northern African countries the Muslim northern African countries I have a missionary coming in who's going to Morocco and so that'll be our focus and we'll probably have prayer stations that will focus on uh, all those different countries uh, that type of thing so that's that's how we do how we do uh, how we have missionaries uh, at Calvary um, okay I'm excited to tell you about the next one Christmas we all like Christmas right and you've got a packet here, uh, Christmas Extravaganza. Uh, it, this has been something that uh, a lot of churches call us about. In fact, we had someone come to our last extravaganza from another church. They wanted to be a part of our evening, and then they, then they um, went back to their church and, and hosted an event like this. Yes. Was that your church? How did it go? Uh, well... Good. Adapted the okay. Idea yes. Well, okay. You said two good things. You adapt it. Okay. So all this information you've got to adapt to your local church, and then um, you know change it up a bit uh, next year. We use the word tweak a lot in <laughs> our church. Uh, 
Christmas extravaganza. For us, this is our Christmas party. Um, and um, it's, a, it's a process. The fr- and I try to put this in order. You see there in your handout. Uh, this, this begins with a project. Uh, it's a fundraiser. Okay, so what's a, what's a project that you would like to get behind your church uh, and raise some cash for um, to bless them? A lot of times, this project for us will be our global project for the year. Um, um, uh, this past year, it was, it was Laos. And so as a result of extravaganza, um, we were able to raise several thousands of dollars to um, help uh, Laos. Um, the ministry in Laos, Zach Mobius, uh, leads a language school. Students need to be sponsored for this school to be a part of it. Uh, so we've sponsored 20 students. Along with that, Zach is raising up 20 uh, students who have been converted have accepted Christ, and he wants to train them, Bible college training. And so it's $1,000 a year. Uh, so we were able to raise enough cash at Extravaganza to sponsor all 20 of those students for a year. So we know that in Laos, and, and what's going to happen is these, after a year, these students, after they've gone through this training, uh, will go back to their villages uh, throughout Laos and begin to evangelize and, and disciple uh, those in their village. So just a great, I just love it. But you see some of the, the themes that we've done. Here's, when I say theme, since it's Christmas, you want to tie in Christmas somehow. So a long time ago, um, it was all Christmas. You know, the Christmas trees and the lights and all of that. Um, but when we started doing our global projects, we kind of uh, turned the night into an evening. Uh, for example, when we raised funds for Uruguay, uh, the, the whole meal was, was Uruguay food, the best that we could do, of course. I mean, Uruguay is known for their steaks and their meat, their beef, so we grilled up steaks. Uh, every time you go to Uruguay, there's bottles of Pepsi and Coke. So we got, at every table, they had their bottles of you know, Pepsi and Coke. We even brought in a burrow. We did. So when people walked in the door, there was this borough, and I had a missions committee member. He was dressed up as some dude from Uruguay, and the borough made a mess all over the floor. It was, it was awesome. I mean, you sm- it smelled everything, so it was cool. And it just adds to the evening. Um, this, this, pardon me? <laughs> Authentic aroma, absolutely. And so, um, you know, the one year we did Japan, um, I wanted to go all out. Uh, we, one of our students was going to become a mis- uh, to be a missionary to serve in Japan, and so we were able to raise enough money to get her uh, launch her into to, to, to Japan. But uh, I thought this would be really cool. We'll have sushi, and uh, we'll have rice, and and this uh, teriyaki chicken, and people were not happy. <laughs> Uh, so we, we kind of, you know, learned from that a little bit. But uh, um, this past year was Laos, and so we just said, you know what, we're going to raise funds for Laos. You decorate your table however you want. Which, here's the next, the next thing, um, the meal. Um, once, you've, once you determine the theme, then you've got to determine the meal. And, uh, you know, back in the day, we would have our ladies do it from the church, but I got too much for them, and they were missing out on the big party. And so the last several years, we've, ha- we've catered a meal. Um, but the, the highlight of the night is table host, and they're the stars of the night. Uh, you'll see, 
in your packet here, um, this is kind of a little diagram of our foyer where we host this, and you see names next to each table. Those are table hosts. And so uh, that's the first thing we do once we develop the theme is, okay, uh, we need table hosts. So normally we go after those who've done it before and then begin to promote. But a table host comes in and they decorate their table any way they want along with the tableware. So we've had people bring in their finest china and their goblets and they've, a lot of them today bring in the fancy paper products and that's cool and they can dress their table Christmas or Laos or whatever they want. And then throughout the night, people can vote for the best tables and we give out prizes to the best, uh, the best top three tables that get the highest votes. Um, that is a highlight of, of, of the evening. Um, for us, this has, this has to become a part of our mission budget. Um, we only charge $10 for a ticket that does not pay for the event. And the reason we, uh, the reason we want a low ticket price is because um, the whole night is an auction. Okay, that's, that's how we raise the funds. And so we ask people to bring a gift, a, a, a gift that's wrapped up. We encourage them to wrap it up you know, fancy or creatively, and the fanciest boxes normally get the highest bids and that type of thing. So they have to, they're bringing a gift, and then we ask them to buy a gift. So that's why we keep the ticket down. And so um, um, you'll have to uh, incorporate into your missions budget uh, some funds for this. But for us, it's just a couple thousand dollars for us to be able to pull this night off and, and do a decent job. Um, what's difficult, and I don't, you know, um, you, we have about 300 people coming to this event. Well, so we could have up to 200 gifts. Our pastors auction the gifts off. They do it fun and creatively. But after about an hour and a half of that, it gets a little old, Okay. And so we incorporate some fun, some skits, some games into the evening. Um, after this past year, we started at 5, and we weren't done until about 9.30. <laughs> and and we, 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 we said, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? But what, this is what's happening at our church. People can't wait for extravaganza. I mean, they love to decorate their tables. They love to come and have fun. They know it's for a good cause. And so even though the night takes so long... Last year, we had to close down ticket sales. I remember um, there was a newer lady in the church. She came in to get her ticket, and we had to say, I'm sorry, but we're sold out. This year, she was the first one to get it. <laughs> so, so, it's like, so, uh, um, yeah, do some fun things. The auction, we do all kinds of fun ways to auction gifts. Um, sometimes we'll auction gifts off in a bundle. Here's three or four gifts. Try to keep the night going. Um, we have our youth pastors. Uh, they hide somewhere in the building, and you can hear them. Okay, now we have gifts over here. Whoever can get here first, you can get a gift for 20 bucks. And you see people, I mean, we do all kinds of things to um, um, get rid of the gifts. Um, What's happening is people are donating gifts. Um, over the years, we've had diamond rings, and we, and, and we always let people know ahead of time, this is not going to be a gift card, okay? This is going to be something that you... And then the paddles start flying. It takes a lot of organization uh, to make this happen because you've got to have a paddle number, a tabulation table, and uh, my, mission, or my missions assistant, Shared, takes care of all of that. I can't even tell you how that works, but you could... Her email's on the last page. You can 
contact her. Um, what's interesting, I don't know where your church as where your church is at with credit cards and debit cards, but the last two years we've been able to. We have a cafe, so we have a debit card, credit card machine in there. We had um, our average funds were about. Twelve, thirteen thousand dollars we'd raise in one night. The average gift is two hundred, three hundred dollars. We try to keep it low for some who can't. That's why we do gifts for if you're under thirty. You know, this one's for you. So we try to do all of that. But since we added credit card machine, uh, both the last two years we've we've raised seven thousand dollars more just using the credit card machine. So this year we tapped twenty one thousand dollars in a four hour auction. <laughs> so. And again, it's like, for me, like, I'll be honest with you, after extravaganza number 21, I'm like, okay, here we, but people love it, and $21,000, you just can't go wrong. So, um, you have a diagram, you have, um, this is what we send out to the table host, um, letting them know what to bring, what not to bring. Um, We do what's called a grade sheet. And so we'll sit down, my assistant and I, and we'll walk through the event, and we make notes. And so this can help you understand how we run this event. For, some, for, for those of us who are older, this is a great reminder sheet every year, because we can't remember what we did last year compared to the year before. Um, you have even an order of the evening. This is, I think, helpful to help you to understand how we plan the night from five from four o'clock till uh, nine thirty at night or however you know what you don't have the yeah well here's some things that we've added about ten years ago extravaganza was getting a little old and so we brought in a coffee a coffee machine a, a, a coffee cart everything is free um, so they can have an espresso they can have a latte the last two years we have brought in a string symphony or a quartet ensemble yeah um, four people right quartet and um, during dinner they're playing the, it's beautiful we, we wanted to make it a nice evening as well as a fun evening and to raise funds for missions any, any questions oh yeah it's almost time Sorry. We have we have three services: eight thirty, ten, eleven thirty, ten, and eleven thirty. But the ten o'clock service, we offer two options for people. We have the live service, and then they can go across the hall into the chapel. We have a live worship, and then the sermon is on the screen. Um, so. Um, Pardon me? Four, yes, four, right. Extravaganza started for us very small. I think it was about 20 years ago. Everyone brought a dessert, and we had a nice, elegant evening, and we raised, you know, a couple thousand dollars. So make this, you can make this work uh, for yourself. Um, The next page, we do what's called a missions experience. we try to do this in the spring. In the fall, we'll have our missions week. Um, in the spring, we'll take one Sunday, and it's all about missions that Sunday. Uh, we'll have a, a Sunday morning mission service. Uh, we'll have a guest speaker, or myself, or our lead pastor will we'll, uh, speak on missions. And then we have a taste of missions that follows. 
Uh, in this packet, you have some information about how we coordinate our missions experience. We've, we've, you know, we've missions experience, missions connect, rebranding these events. Instead of saying missions per service, <laughs> instead of saying missions convention, we call it missions summit. I don't know if it's working. I think it's working, but uh, those are those are things that we're always having to work on. Um, our missions experience is going to take place in May this year, May 22nd. Um, we, we've just started to work on it. We're doing something. We're going to rebrand it. We're going to take it outside under a tent. <sighs> and you know, for for Sharon and I, my assistant, you know. It's going to be more work and, and a little more energy, so that's why we go. But but we need to do it. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to turn the tent into into the different regions of the world. So one one region will be Toledo. So the local ministries will be there, and we ask everyone to bring something to put in, in whether it's candy or popcorn or we have a, a missions we have a, a ministry in town ministers the homeless. They always bring hot dogs. And macaroni and cheese. I mean, and and then we have a different other. Con- uh, I told you about David, who dresses up in his kilt and brings haggis, and uh, just is a fun, fun day. Um, mission Summit. That's our missions convention. Um, I'm going to be real honest with you. Our missions summit needs to be rebranded in a big, bad way. We're we're really um, we're we're being challenged, um, and this is not just Calvary, but we've heard that a lot of churches like Calvary, when um, you have your missions convention, attendance drops. Um, and we've seen that at Calvary. I get kind of frustrated a little bit. And, uh, and so there's been a season where we don't let people know it's coming. <laughs> we just surprise them, you know. But because of that, it's difficult for us to get people involved. And so uh, we are going to rebrand our Mission Summit. We're going to try to do some creative things. We're working on that right now. I'm not sure what that's going to look like in the fall. But uh, uh, you have some ideas. There's a packet there. I'm sure many of you have some great things that you do for your Missions Week, your Mission Summit. And then you see our Missions Calendar. Kind of gives an idea of when we do our events, our activities, our meetings throughout the year. Man, if I can help in any way, um, if we can give you some information, you have my email address as long as well as share goaders. Um, and uh, man, keep at it, keep working on it. Um, it's worth it. Um, there are there are lives that are depending on your role of missions uh, in your church. Uh, any other questions? I think it's about time to go, isn't it? Yeah. I'm just wondering if Brett he is, yes. Aww. Yes, yes, he is. I don't know him well. Is in Africa? Morocco. Oh, is he in Morocco? Okay. Does he have four kids? Yep. Okay. I met them um, for lunch a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. All right. Hey, thank you. Have a great day here at Synergy.